Good morning, good morning, and welcome to your business in digital. We are live. <laughs> How's the team doing this morning? Everybody good? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Life, Michelle. <laughs> Background's different. <laughs> I'm living the hotel life again. I'm on the road again. So. Yeah. Andrea, how are you doing this morning? I'm great. I'm great. December is here. Awesome. <laughs> right. Awesome. Well, let's get this party started. <laughs> Welcome to your business in digital. This is the show where we talk about digital and your business. And we try to get you to that place where you are having really effective conversations with your team about digital. You know what? We bring together a true small business right here. We have finance in the building. We have sales in the building. We have operations in the building. And of course, we have marketing in the building. So what we try to do is we try to give you that perspective of how to think about really achieving your business goals through digital and then how to get all the key stakeholders and their perspectives. Because you want to know what finance is thinking. You want to understand how sales is seeing this process. You want to know what operations is going to do. And then you want to understand how the marketing connects all the dots. So that's why we do this show, Your Business in Digital. So let's get to the housekeeping items really quickly. Let me tell you where you can connect with us. You can connect with us anywhere that podcasts are found, number one, but we want you to check us out on YouTube because we're live on YouTube. We're also live on LinkedIn. Good morning, everyone following us, checking us out on LinkedIn, checking us out on YouTube. Uh, Super excited that you guys are here with us. I want you to tell any small business owner, any small business executive that you know, any business executive that you know about this show, because we help you get to that place of money in the bank, achieving your business goals. We want you to go back to your CFO and say, hey, digital one helped me increase my revenue by 10%, by 20%. We want you to see the return on investment. We know that you're spending a lot of time doing digital activities, but we want to make sure that it connects back to those business goals. So definitely share this show. Yay! <laughs> All right, so across action. Yeah, there we go. There we go. So <laughs> uh, we are in December. Could you imagine that? We're here already. I am like, what, what, what? All right, recap. Let's go. Let's go. I know I got to do the recap. We got a lot today with this show. Today's show is going to be jam-packed with a lot of stuff. We're talking about platforms. So I'm going to run through the stuff so we can get to the meat and potatoes. I don't even eat meat. <laughs> with the recap of the last show. So we can reach the the um, gluten free. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, clone me, please. <laughs> so the last show we had the amazing Esty Santoni with us. She's so awesome. I met her at the Chamber of Commerce, and she herself is a digital marketer. She has a digital marketing agency called Viva Marketing Agency, and she got here and she told you she told you the same things we've been telling you this entire time. <laughs> But as Michelle said, you know, she did it a little bit with like no chaser, (laughs) straight no chaser, right? (laughs) 
Uh, she talked about, you know, she talked about lead generation. She talked about transparency. She talked about the analytics. So go back and check out the show because it's really good information. If you're a small business executive, you want to understand how you could use digital to grow your business. And she really helped to reinforce all the things that we've been saying in season one, season two, and our third season, season three. So what did you guys think about the conversation with Esty? Wasn't she funny? I love her so much. <laughs> Oh, I love I loved her vibe so much, and, and you know she, yeah, it was really a no chaser scenario with her. It's like, listen, this is what it's supposed to be. Um, if you don't want to get on board, well, suffer the suffer the consequences, you know. But don't say I didn't tell you, you know. But I, I love that because sometimes you really need to get down to brass tactics and and you know really take the bull by the horns and deal with it. But her insights were great. Absolutely love it. From a sales perspective, what I, I liked about what Esty brought to the table is something that we speak about all the time as you're transitioning from one role to another and using your career experience and managing into her own business. She found her voice. She had her elevator pitch. She was she brought her experience and leaned into it really hard and unapologetically. And I really enjoyed that. And I find that as we've been speaking in this space many times, as you're trying to sell yourself, sell your product and finding your voice, she she moved that through quickly. No like trust was really easy to find for her. And I just loved her her nonsensical way of approaching things. So I, I enjoyed our time with Esty. Definitely. Good morning, Esty, wherever you are. Hope you're listening. So yes, it, very good discussion. I think we all got the same thing that no bones, right? No bones marketing. So really like that you talked about the time you know that's something we talk about how much time it takes and how much you need to do and staging it right and we talked about that as far as our own experience as well so it was great having Esty on the show last week for sure yeah 100 you know she talked about that one thing at a time start with something start small one thing at a time building so uh definitely check out the show guys it was a fun show i love having marketers here you know because everyone here is a digital marketer now <laughs> So when we bring in another marketer, I'm like, what? Yes, we've changed everyone here. I know their titles. I know what they do, but they're all marketers. Everyone's a digital marketer on this show. All right. So moving on along, we are moving on to our, we're doing well on time, I think, in my mind. We're moving on to our hot topic segment, which I love. I don't even know what it's going to be this week. So tell me, tell me who's doing hot topics and what are we talking about this morning? Then this would be me this week. We are talking about something that just keeps coming up in my my for you page, uh, pick a place, Instagram, uh, uh, TikTok. Uh, it's coming up in X, and it, it is about Eli Lilly, who has moved forward uh, in this very competitive weight loss space with uh, a product called Zepbound. Now, Zepbound is a different version of a product that they have called Manjaro, which is uh, for diabetics. It's to help uh, with diabetes and managing diabetes. But most importantly, what they have found as many of these pharmaceutical companies have found an alternate reason to use it, and that is for weight loss. So they've decided to capitalize on this and have really come to the market and just taken it by storm in the last couple of uh, months in just making something that is affordable and that has gone completely crazy in this industry. Again, I find 
out about this because one, I have a girlfriend that is that is used utilizing the product, but also because it's just everywhere in my in my TikTok um, uh, feed. Um, Nia, if you don't mind moving to the next slide. What I found really fascinating about this is that they've come to the market and taken something that is prescriptive and ready for, again, for diabetes, and said there's an entirely different uh, audience that can benefit from what we didn't realize was just, not just something that um, was a nice effect for managing someone's diabetes, but weight loss components said, oh goodness, this is a huge industry and let us figure out how to do this and capitalize on this and make this for the mass market and not only make it for the mass market, but put it in an affordable way and knock out their competition in a lot of different ways. They've got their competition on their heels. Now, go ahead, Nia, go ahead and move to the next slide. Why this is important, I thought I should bring this to our community for lessons for small businesses is they came and they came hard with this product for Eli Lilly. They assessed quickly their competitive position in this space for weight loss and how this particular drug can help the industry. They, it, it appears they put together this entire team, assessed where they should be, understand, understood their sweet uh, SWAT, their uh, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, and then took a look at that and then also said, who is this target audience in this space now that we're moving into weight loss? And how do we address this and align what we're trying to do for success in this space and understand the changes and dynamics for this audience. And they aligned their marketing, everything that they put out to the community forward for this uh, audience. And they came out strong and hard early, early in this space. Now, this was important for them to really understand that changing dynamic because there were several audiences that were involved in this, not just the buying community, like uh, you know, individuals who are looking to lose weight, but there were insurance people that were involved in this. There, there are doctors that are involved in this. It is a, an educational component that they needed to bring to the table. And they effectively not only communicated the value proposition for every one of those audiences, but they continuously provide updates for that information and essentially point and click. If this is you, click here. If you need this, click there. I'm bringing all of their communities together to move the business forward. And they were adaptable in this to the, what the consumer needed, what the market demands were in pricing, as well as information, and making sure that every person that was involved, they needed to touch on it, and updated information that was delivered in a way that they needed so that they may lean in and move forward and say yes to Eli Lilly's Zepbound product. So I brought it here because I just thought it was utterly fascinating and how they were enacting everything that we speak of in this moment for a product rollout that's very different from their norm. So I don't know what you guys think about this, but I found that this was quite a lesson in product rollout, different market segmentation, speaking to the correct target audiences, and more importantly, being adaptable to the market and what they needed in an ever-changing environment. It was, it was a master's class in a rollout.
100% I agree with you, man. It's the, these weight loss drugs and stuff that's been happening. I mean, like, it's so funny, right? It's been in my universe. I've been hearing about it, like, constantly, constantly. And one of my friends actually just started taking the Majorno visit. And <laughs> the, the language that they have around, like, when they get the medication, how they talk about it, how they're, they're so knowledgeable as well, too. Like, they're getting the information from their doctors as well. So it's just super interesting. Uh, and the move from what the drug used to be to what it is now, right? So it's like, yeah, super. I'm like, I'm still, it's blowing my mind, right? <laughs> it was, and what I thought was outrageous about it is what they did to their competitors. There's yep. a there's a whole other, and I'm not going to get the name right, Wigovi or something. There's another competing um, product that's for diabetics that's in the market, and they they were having problems getting the drug. All of a sudden, they found millions of dollars. To, uh, to to move that their line forward as well. Once Eli Lilly came out with their project, their, I call it their secular version of, of, of the product for the community, everybody to buy. All of a sudden, their competition found it and, and Eli Lilly normally, apparently, when new drugs come out that's similar to, to this in, in other areas, there's usually a price match to keep the competitive landscape in a specific place. Eli Lilly said, let's throw that out of the window we're gonna come in under. They came in under because they figured the transactions that they're gonna get uh, get for it was more important to them and they'd make their money that way. And that was also something that put the com competition on their heels as well. So they came out hard, they came out with the price, it went viral, they did the right marketing, they keep their website updated. I, I get so much information about this in the, in the social media spheres that I just got curious and said, let me go and look at this information to see what it's all about. It is crazy. It's crazy, but it was it was a nice lesson in how to do this. That is that is really interesting. That's really interesting hot topic, and I love the clearly a lot of innovation. Clearly, a lot of you know changing the rules of the game. Right, and in terms of, of doing something completely different, you took a drug that was meant for one thing, found a new market, and pushed your comp and kind of created some problems for the competition that was already there. You know, that's really some uh, a level of innovation. Then I love that you said, you know, the, the everybody's getting the information that they need. The doctors are on board. You know, so if you want to, you know, get the information from your doctor, so they're building their credibility for with with the key stakeholders um, in that space. So if you know your doctor say, well, yes, no, I, I understand this product and, and that sort of thing, you know, it helps to build your credibility. I like that. Michael, I thought about you too, because one of the other things that they did was on the operations component, they really thought full circle. Apparently there's a, there's, it's a pen or a problem with get supply, you know, the end, can, can you fulfill the demand that's coming through uh, with needles, the pens, the vials, where they, they apparently servicing this was going to be really difficult in trying to find the products that produce the pens. So they said, that's okay, we've got you on that. We'll put it in vials. There's mass production of needles. That's not a problem getting needles because it's used in hospitals. There's a number of ways and different ways that they can manage that. They said, we'll produce it that way for you. So you don't ever have to worry about us not having the product available to you in varying sizes as well. 
I, I found that utterly fascinating that they thought they had, there's a team of people that were put together to address every side of this, every component of it. And I said, now, I didn't, I didn't see that one coming, but I said, Michael was going to enjoy that piece of it. They really thought the end result post-fulfillment so that there's always a cycle of things moving through. Indeed. I, I thought you were going to tell me I could use the product. <laughs> you thought about me, I was like, what? <laughs> but I like it because pharmaceuticals have always been an uh, industry with this, with this happens, right? They make a product and it turns out to be good in some other area for some other purpose. And I think this is a good story as far as, you know, how digital allows you to transition or move quickly. So we know when, when drug companies launch a product, it's a ton of marketing that goes out. You know, we, as you say, you see it everywhere, the ads at night, on TV, on your FYP. So it's interesting to see how they leaned into it. They really leaned in, into it and got their ROI. All right, that was amazing. Hot topics, I love that. So, so relevant at this time as well, too. <laughs> Eli Lilly, Eli Lilly. The first time I heard about them was during COVID. I think they made uh, Re Regeneron or something, some other drug. They were like one of the companies I was checking in the, the stock in the stock market. So, in very, very interesting. All right, well, it is that time where we move into our other segment. Thank you, Michelle. We're moving into our This is a segment where we take you beyond the likes and follows and, you know, way beyond the likes. We go way, way, way beyond the likes and follows because we want to get to that place of money in the bank. And today we are talking about platforms channels, best practices, digital platforms, trends for small businesses, success for 2024. So this one is going to be, all right, so <laughs> there's so much information. <laughs> there's so much information. So I'm going to run through stuff and then I'm going to kick it over to you guys to talk about. We have seven minutes per topic. Do we have a timer that we can run in the background? Because I'm like, I want to make sure like all our time is covered. All right, we got a timer. <laughs> Okay, are we started? We started. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So we're talking meta. So let's talk a little bit about meta and what's going on with meta for 2024, just what's going on with meta in general. All right. So trends we want to talk about. Meta is going to continue to integrate more AI tools and AI recommendations on their platforms. So if you check it out, if you're on Facebook, if you're on Instagram, you start seeing more stuff suggested to you that you're like, where did this come from? <laughs> What is this thing? You know, this is not from my friends or any of those things. So they're really starting to give you more information. If you interact with something, you'll start seeing a lot more. Reels will continue to dominate. Reels is really making the move that it should have been making. It's growing, it's growing, it's growing. We're seeing it happen. More and more people are engaging with Reels. Um, so definitely as you're building a strategy, Meta is your place. You want to consider these things and think about, hey, what type of content am I creating? Both Instagram and Facebook have also introduced a new metric called replays. So you want to look out for that if you haven't seen it already, because that connects back to reels, right? So are you getting more replays? What's happening there? So that's an interesting trend. Next, <laughs> uh, best practices for posting. So share meaningful updates on your Facebook page, right? You really want to do that. You want to get more attention for a post. You want to make sure and pin it. There's this feature on Facebook called pin where you can pin that post. And so if it's something that you're promoting, you know, you want people to know more about, maybe it's a story of your business. It's the first thing you want them to see. You can pin that post. 
on Instagram. I want everyone to check this out. It's called House of Instagram. It's all the events, all the things that you need to know, all the new features. It's this little area where all these really cool features, new new features, just how to use things, best practices. It's there in the tab, House of Instagram, and it's Instagram forward slash like House of Instagram. So you definitely want to check that out. Where am I? Do we have, okay, <clears throat> and best practices for ads. You want to use those vertical video ads, right? Those video ads that look like reels, shortened text. No one is reading. Put the information in the reel. Uh, if you're using the carousel, make sure and use a lot of those. Use all the images. You can hold up to 10 images. Add movement. It's all about video and use call to actions. So those are best practices, trends, blah, 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 for Facebook and Instagram meta. Go team. <laughs> <laughs> What do you guys think? Questions, thoughts? <laughs> so I'll start. I mean, the AI tools, of course, all the platforms are incorporating it. Um, as I add on to this, Meta is already previewing um, creating images and videos by text prompt. So that's already on our doorstep, right? Um, and like that they talk about, you know, video continues to dominate and short video, that attention grabbing, right? Um, we talk about it as far as not just the fact that it's a short video, but it's it's a non-produced look. So it's raw. It's you know it catches doesn't look like a doesn't look like an ad, but it absolutely operates as an ad. So what we say it is, you're looking for videos that don't look polished. <laughs> Right. Not so polished. Not yeah. so 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 you know, and this is where we could talk about the mix, right? So yes, of course, you're gonna have your videos that are well thought out, absolutely published. But I, I think the goal here and Tamara can chime in as well, that with reels, reels just you know, you want that natural look. Okay. I think it's a combination. Oh. What does your polished video look like? What does your branded video stuff look like? And then what is that authentic video? Because people do engage a little bit more with that authentic, I didn't have time to dress it up. It's really more the message, right? And in fact, you're less likely to scroll when you don't realize it's an ad in quotes. Yeah. <laughs> I want to, it seems to me and the things that from a sales perspective that we are attracted to are the things that can quick messages, more of the people that sit in the car kind of look that we, we tend to, to see often where someone's providing a bit of knowledge, giving you if, you, if you like this, if you want to see more, click here, or that attention span thing, just swipe, just swipe. Like you said, Tamara, the, the reels use all 10 of them, a short message with the visual that they're going to remember that, and little lines of text versus, you know, a message and get you to move much faster through, but absorb the information and come back for more is what they, they seem to be wanting you to understand, especially on the replay part. I appreciated that piece that, that they're trying to say people might not see the information initially, but they'll come back to it and they'll go back and replay it. Also, if they are thinking that it's too short and they need to get the information again, they need to absorb it. They'll go back and replay it. And they want you to understand that strength and that information so that you can continue to put that information out and understand your target audience and how they're receiving your messages. You know, I love the part where you talked about the AI as well, um, Tamara, because I think I'm seeing that happening, that when you interact with something, it just, it just all of a sudden you're getting all the different types of posts that relate to that, you know, 
this week here, I'm looking for a particular item and I'm looking for a particular outfit. And I keep, after I searched the first store, that online store that I knew would have the item, I just started to get all these other different online stores along the similar lines. And it was, I, was, I found that very fascinating. I was like, oh, okay, how am I getting all of these, you know, all of these prompts now for stores that I didn't even know existed? I knew about this one for sure, which I went to. And then now I'm getting all these other different online stores. And what was fascinating as well, it's pushing the right type of product. It's not pushing, a, like I'm looking for a particular type of outfit. Ah, we're out of time. <laughs> finish up, finish up, finish up. Finish up. Well, I say that you know, clearly AI is at work and AI is really at work um, prompting you. Say, oh, you seem to want to look at this thing. Let me keep showing it to you more and more and more until you make a decision. You know, so definitely, definitely I'm seeing that happening already. <laughs> uh, that sound was perfect. <laughs> Like we're in, we're in court, right? Like Supreme Court, and you know, you get buzzed. Oh, you seven minutes. <laughs> we got a lot to get through. It's a lot of information about these platforms and channels. All right, next, next round. Next, we're talking about LinkedIn. Uh, super excited about this conversation. Uh, good morning to everyone following us live on LinkedIn this morning. You know, thank you to everyone who has you know continued to join our LinkedIn page. We're like 384 people now, so super excited about that. So let's jump into LinkedIn and talk a little bit. So I know we're all seeing these LinkedIn collaborative articles. Uh, those are those posts, the prompts are generated by AI, but then it starts a conversation. You know, everyone's having a conversation. Actually, so um, I have to reach out to Juma because I, I saw him post something and you know, I'm starting to wonder is, the, I think he made the comment, is the juice is worth, the juice may not be worth the squeeze. I think that's a statement. So. I have to get with him to see how is this helping? Because I believe people were getting badges for it, right? But is this a LinkedIn thing or is this a thing that is driving to my website? What is it doing for me as my as a business is what I want to understand. Anyway, it's a lot of context there. <laughs> so LinkedIn is also expanding its profile verification, offering it to more users in more regions. We, yeah, we're running the timer, so perfect. So think about that. Um, Michelle and I are both verified. I actually was on Michelle's profile yesterday checking to see that. I verified because I had clear, and Michelle, I'm assuming you may have been verified because you had clear as well too. Um, so it was easy to do. So Andrea, I'm not sure if you're verified on LinkedIn. I don't know if it's gotten to your region yet, but look out for it. And Michael, I know you aren't verified. So it'd be interesting to see if there's a thing in Canada and if there's something in Trinidad, but LinkedIn verification is getting a little bit more visibility, uh, but it's a free verification. It's really just about sending your ID. If you have certain tools already where you've verified yourself, you may be able to utilize that to verify uh, your profile and verify who you are. It's just saying that I am, <laughs> it's saying I am who I am. <laughs> Right. So those are the trends we want to look at. Move on. <laughs> um, the next thing we're talking about on LinkedIn um, would be best practices for LinkedIn. Right. So this is the key here. Right. And we've seen this consistency. You want to be consistent. We're here every Monday and Wednesday uh, for this season. Of course, we're going to take a little bit of a break, but we're going to get back on it. Um, you want to use three to five hashtags. You don't you cannot OD on hashtags on LinkedIn. You want to post at least one to three times per week. Uh, you want to engage within the first 90 minutes. Make sure you're replying to all your comments and don't use a crap ton of emojis. <laughs> Limit yourself. Control yourself with 
emojis. Um, LinkedIn, while all the other platforms, you get to be emoji heavy. Uh, LinkedIn, you, you know, give your message. It's still that professional platform. Emojis are cool, but just don't, don't, don't go crazy, okay? <laughs> don't speak any emojis. Uh, all right, so that's, those are the points for LinkedIn. Go for it, team. <laughs> Those let's start with those collaborative articles. What do you guys think about that? Because I see them and I have been like, should I spend time investing in writing these? What is the goal? Because this is a LinkedIn thing or is this a, your business in digital? Or is it a Tamara thing? Does it give me more visibility? And I'm like, or do I just get lost in the storm and caught up in a LinkedIn feature? And that's why I've, every time I look, I've started to reply to write the articles. And then I'm like, I'm into it. Don't start something you can't finish. And and that requires a commitment. And it, it, you're right. I think it, it's great for to be hesitant before jumping in and understanding how it fits into the what's working for your business. And if this is the place that you need to do something, there are other levers that can be pulled, as you saw, with all of the things that we're doing with the live show that may work as well because we're already dedicating time into this. Is this enough and we'll move the business forward in the way that we need to? Or is that additional investment worth moving forward? Is it going to yield what's needed and how you need it? So I, I'm, I'm with you. I find it fascinating, though, that the clear part, the, the verification piece, because one, I'm, I'm happy to be verified. However, you know, what about those areas that you can? I know it's just like, mm, I'm good. I'm happy to be there. But what about those that are unverified because, you know, they have to jump through another hoop to get that done. But I'm appreciating that, though, that they want to make sure you are who you, you say you are. And because this, we live in a false society in many ways now. Don't even get me started on this thing that I just saw on TikTok about the, the, the Anna lady that we were talking about. You know, who are you really? You know, but I appreciate that piece. Yeah. That, that collaborative article things, I myself, I will look at it and, and I, I have the same concerns that you guys have. Do I commit to this? Do I start? Is this something I would like to start? I'm not sure how that fits in to what I am trying to achieve and on LinkedIn and what I would like to be known for. Do I want to be known for collaborating those things or do I want to be known for writing my own art full, full length? articles that people could come and get information for. So it's something that I saw, I find it interesting, I do, it's, you know, that that quick bite of information. But then if for me to get an appreciation of the topic, I have to go and read all, would I? I'd have to go in and see, well, this person said this, and then this person said that, and how do I know how the two points meet? I feel like, you know, different, I'm reading an article written by five or six different people. That's five or six different voices, and I'm not sure, um, how that will work for me as a as, as a consumer of the information and then as a producer of the information, do I want my voice next to somebody else's voice like that? Right? I could be putting out a point and then somebody jumps on and says, Well, I, you know, put a completely opposite point. And and then, you know, while I understand it, you know, you want to create debate and that kind of thing. I don't know. I feel like ah, I'm I'm really not sure. I don't think, yeah. <laughs> So Andre, we've got to pair this with their other feature, which is AI summaries, so that you're going to write with AI on one side, and we're going to read with AI on the other side to just summarize everything. So we're not, we're still not going to look at it. Like, so I, I'm, so I'm not sure where LinkedIn is going with the two features, because there is that other feature that they're experimenting with, right? That summary. So 
they're telling you right on one side, do that collaborative article with AI. And then on the other side, for the consumer, as you said, the consumer doesn't really have to read it. No, they're just going to get an AI summary. So it's a, it's it's definitely a LinkedIn thing. <laughs> it's, I see it's more LinkedIn heavy. I was watching Neil Patel really quickly, and I watched a video that he did about it, and they were kind of like, ah. and then apparently you lose your contributor badge after a certain time. So they were saying it's really SEO for LinkedIn. But you know, where are you in the place? And so interesting. And the fact that you lose that badge is kind of like, well, I need to keep contributing, 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 not to lose the badge. So there's also a level of commitment there that I'm like, ah, I don't know, LinkedIn. <laughs> anyway, all right. So we're on to the next. <laughs> this is fun, right? It's like, da, 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 da. <laughs> I think we might have more time. I don't know. I feel like we might have more time. Nia, are we on time? I feel like we're <laughs> close. All right, let's talk search engines. And I wanted to connect all these together because I just thought it made sense, right? When we're talking search engines, we're on time. So search engines, Google, YouTube, and Bing. We're talking all of them. Let's go. So um, next slide. All right. So trends, voice search and AI dominance. That's where we are with search engine right now, right? That voice search is going to be really, really, really important. Uh, AI is everywhere. I mean, if you go to Google now, you will see that uh, I, I don't know if everyone's getting it, but I got a feature to use like AI search. Um, and it was, yeah, so the stuff pops up now. And I'm like, do I like it? Do I not like it? I think they're testing some stuff out. Um, so it's interesting. It gives me a little bit of an overview. Sometimes it throws me off a little bit, <laughs> but I'm working through it. Um, still, e even though AI is here, right? We talk about AI content quality and intention, being really intentional about your content and having high quality content is still a thing. You can't just throw AI content at the wall. You can't just go to any of those tools and take it and copy and paste it, right? You have to produce co content that's relevant um, and that people want to hear, people are searching for. Technical SEO and website security. So this is important. We talk keywords all the time, but the technical sides of SEO are around um, uh, really, the, the, the site speed, it's about the user experience, right? So it's site speed, load time. Uh, those are things you really want to focus in on um, from the technical side, from the SEO standpoint. Your keywords are still super important, but that user experience is important as well, too. So you want to understand a little bit about the technical SEO. If you're working with an agency, talk to them about that. The internal links, how's everything looking? Um, and again, people, if they come to your site and it takes too long, to load, you know, there's like, they just walk away. So you want to make sure that those technical elements of SEO are working and website security, that HTTPS, super important as well. Before it used to be HTTP, but we want to make sure that you have the S in there. Everyone should have it at this point in time. Website security is important. So all those things connect back to user experience. If a user comes to your site and they don't feel secure, they're not going to give you any information and you're trying to sometimes get their information. So you want to really be on top of that. Um, the next thing, best practices. Uh, so for YouTube, you want to find those untapped video keywords, right? And we spent a lot of time doing that. We use a tool called TubeBuddy, uh, which is really super helpful. But, you know, you want to work with your agency. You want to work with whoever to understand where are those untapped keywords. Sometimes they're the long tail keywords, meaning that they're not getting as much search volume or they may be something that 
the, the, the competition isn't utilizing, right? To see how you can draw more people into that. Um, you want to optimize your videos. After you do live videos, you wanna go optimize it. You wanna optimize it for watch time. Uh, you wanna use thumbnails that stand out. And I, you know, shout outs to Chantal, shout outs to Nia, because I was watching our, I brought our, you know, the podcast up, YouTube podcast up on my TV the other day. And I mean, this weekend I was just kind of going through it and I was just like, man, this is so, so it stands out. It's so beautiful. I was just like, whose channel is this? <laughs> when you watch it on TV, like everything stands out, everything looks good. So really pay attention to your thumbnails because people want to know what that content is. That's super important. You can have quality video, but that's the attracting piece for them, right? That's what draws them in. Um, what's next? Uh, search engine best practices. It comes back to your keywords, right? This is the same thing, right? So we talked to YouTube. YouTube's a search engine, but we're talking Google Bing here. Know the right keywords. Don't make up your keywords. We talk to so many people that are like, I think my keywords are blah, 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 blah. That's not it. Make sure you understand what the right keywords are, what people are searching for. You have to create relevant content, right? Optimize for your page for your titles and your description. So that's a little bit of the backend SEO pieces, right? You want to make sure that those little titles in your browser, uh, you have your titles there. You want to have those descriptions in the background. And please optimize your images. If you're using images, make sure and have a naming convention for your images, right? Uh, you want to make sure that you're saying, hey, you know what? This is a monoband digital image and it's a picture of Tamara Molui because that really helps with people who are not able to, who, who are probably like listening to the content or people who are, you know, who are, um, uh, what is that compliance law? It's the ADHD. What is that? Is that it? It's the, oh, Michelle, help me there. It's the, <laughs> it's the, I can't remember the name, why my, my brain is frozen. But basically, so for people who cannot see, they actually read your website and all the alt tags, the images, all those things are actually read to them. And it helps you to better optimize. Think about when you're in Google and you also go over to the images area. If you put in a keyword and your uh, images are optimized for that keyword, it can show up in the images area, right? So uh, there are two reasons you wanna make sure you're optimizing images. Uh, are we there yet? Search engine best practices, use internal links. Make sure that you're linking back and forth to your internal links on your website itself. If you're on homepage, link to your services page, link over to other pages, link over to content. Optimize your URLs. You can put your keywords in your URLs if you want. So if you're saying, hey, my keyword is digital marketing, where's digital marketing, digital marketing services, you know, it could be a paid monoband digital forward slash digital marketing services, reduce website load time. This comes back to speed. Quality backlinks. Okay, so this is a really important factor in search engine optimization, SEO. You want quality backlinks. So say, for instance, you're speaking at a conference, you're showing up at a workshop, you want to ask the people who are doing the workshop to link back to your website. But you also want to give them that keyword, right? You want to say, hey, um, you know what? My my line is, I'm your virtual CFO. And that may be the link you want to use, have the new virtual CFO and link back to your website. All right, cool. We have a little bit more time. Team, go in for it. <laughs> Search engines, what do you think? One, it's the ADA compliance is what you're talking about uh, to move forward with. So it's it gets, that's your ADA compliance. I know. I did say ADA. I'm like, 
<laughs> no, I know I knew where you were going with it though. ADA compliance. And my second thing is for all of those small business owners out there that feel a bit overwhelmed by that, you should hire an agency like Monavan Digital to help you out with this. In a nutshell, that's what I have to say about this segment. Hire someone to help you with this. The professionals who know how to do this like they know their name. You know, I, I felt like it was a bit opposite to what we said before, because before when we talked about Facebook and Instagram, we talked about these casual short videos that, you know, don't look, it, it doesn't look too polished. But then on this side, we're talking about, well, you know, it, it needs to be quality content. So I don't know, is this a bit of, you know, it, somehow you need to strike a right, a right balance then, because on the one hand, you, you know, for, so, for this, for one platform, you know, you want to keep it short, you want to keep it quick. And on this platform, it's saying, well, we also want to give high quality content. I don't know, for me, I just felt it was a bit that odd. Well, so think about quality from a standpoint, not the production value, but the content itself, right? So we could do this show with less production value and the content could still be super rich. And so what is that blog article that you're writing? So, and always think about those platforms as the attracting content. So it's the 30 second snapshot, right? And when they, the search engines brings them into your website, into your home, right? So this is where you really get to go in and say, if you gave a point about, you know, cost and finding your cost. What are you talking about? Is there a worksheet there that they're downloading from your website? Because you may have started a different conversation, that same conversation on Facebook, but the quality now becomes the checklist that give, you give them, the thing that feels like, hey, I need Andrea in my life because I couldn't get this content from anybody else. She attracted me here, but then here she gave me all the things I needed to keep digging because it's the rabbit hole effect, right? The sales funnel, the customer journey. So if, if you think about it from that standpoint, I think, yeah, Andre hit that point. So when we say quality at any point, it's relative to your audience. It's what's relative to your audience. We're not talking, as Tamara said, production value. Um, so quality content. And as far as search, AI. Again, AI is coming up. I want to keep just hopping on the AI part of it. I believe, I'm looking forward to our conversation on Wednesday, so definitely join us on Wednesday. But I believe that AI is going to again change that voice search is again going to change how we approach search as well. Because the way we type in a question versus the way we say a question tends to be different. I think and it's just so interesting. It's the cell component on each side of it. One is introducing yourself to an area and getting people to, to spend more time with you. And you want them to, the call to action is to now click here, take them to your website. And then, you know, you're doing, you're spending a bit more time pulling them in a bit further to get them to say yes to you for whatever you're promoting. It might be, like you said, going to, to a blog area for more educational information. It could be to buy a specific product. It could be to engage in a specific thing. And, but the similarities to me is the, the intent. The content of the intent is delivered in a different way in those social spaces versus the way you're delivering it on your website. So there is a through line for me there, but I get what you're saying, Andrea. One is a lot less informal than the other spaces where we are being way, the intent on the website is far more visible than what you see and understand in the social spaces. It, because it's so casual and it seems so authentically, you know, off the cuff versus what you're, we're saying the, what's needed on the website side, but the intent is the same. It's the delivery of the message that varies to me from a sales perspective. 
Yeah, no, that's a fact. So, I, you know, LinkedIn's still doing us this thing where we're not seeing our comments. Dana, good morning. How are you? She's like, the buzzer is new. <laughs> it's like, just for this segment, just for this, this episode. Um, she talked about with collaborative articles, she's decided that if there's a topic that she's interested in, she's just going to make a post about it. <laughs> she thinks that's going to work better for her. Love that. We're so borrowing that, Dana. And she said a friend of hers in Florida used Meta AI to create an image and it worked so well. So just thinking about, you know, Michael, there's AI and Dana, always excited to have you here with us in the show. So thank you so much. <laughs> All right, moving along. Mike, you were going to say something? I was going to say with the, with the AI, so so that's that's where I think there's another trend that we will see coming, and I think YouTube has started it already, where you may have to start tagging your AI content. Who's that? Well, I'm so YouTube, that. so YouTube, let's <laughs> just to digress, just, just a side <laughs> So YouTube, as far as AI content, when AI is used to create anything realistic, so from the time we start to talk about using AI to create imagery, if I say create a photograph, not a cartoon image, not a like a photograph, and I say, let me see um, tomorrow presenting at a conference, I need to tag that and say, at least on YouTube, if I created that on YouTube, I need to tag that and specify that this was created by AI because you get what can happen, right? I can have Tamara being way busier than she actually is and just show that oh she's been here she's been here but she's she hasn't gone anywhere right so i think a trend might be we might have to look at when we decide on our ai policies for content what the platforms are saying as far as what are the rules okay all right <laughs> but i can also use that as a promotion to say i do this <laughs> i knew you'd see that so <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm like, the grass is always like, how do we use that? <laughs> All right, moving on to the next. I feel like, did we get the buzzer already? <laughs> We're on to the next topic. Okay, the tick in the top, because it don't stop. <laughs> All right, TikTok, uh, let's go. <laughs> TikTok has been testing a feature called Nearby that highlights videos for local users and businesses. My goal is to definitely get into TikTok. I've been trying to um, really kind of lean into that. So hopefully over the holidays, I'll make a little bit more time. So I'd love to check this out. That's interesting. Uh, TikTok has begun experimenting with generative AI tools, including text-to-video, transition translation tools, and AI profile images. So those are some trends there. Uh, let's talk a little bit best practices. Build brand love by thinking TikTok first. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> that so, is a TikTok statement. You know what I'm saying? That is such a TikTok statement, right? <clears throat> but it sounds like the mobile first, right, theory. So mobile first is what does it feel like? What does it look like? So I think you have to understand how are people engaging with the content on TikTok? You've got to go to their best practices. You have to understand the platform itself, right? And that's with every platform. Is it the right platform for you? What are their best practices? Spend time engaging, understanding, look at brands like yours to see how they're how they're promoting, what they're doing, and see how you can, you know, leverage that as you think about your content. Use trends um, as storytelling templates. So they have storytelling templates. You want to use that. 
follow production principles to create content. They have a lot of information, I believe. I don't know if it's a TikTok university, but I know there's a space where you can get the TikTok information on TikTok. They give a lot of it. And structure your videos to hook viewers and inspire action, right? These videos are short videos. So I always like to say it's like the chorus, right? What is that hook? What draws them in? Even when we're doing our videos, we have to think about what is the hook? What is the thing that makes that person stay, listen to the content, engage with the content? People have a short attention span, so you really want to draw them in really quickly. Um, anything else on the TikTok? <laughs> All right, stimulate attention with editing techniques. They have a lot of editing tools in TikTok, so use that and turn up the volume with the right soundtrack. <clears throat> I think I wanna say balance the volume, right? If you're talking in the background and you have the music, if you're talking and there's music in the background, you want that balance because you want people to hear you. If you are not using, if you're not talking and you're just using music, you wanna draw people in, you wanna look at trending music as well, that's helpful. But again, all of this has to connect back to your business goals. These best practices and trends do not stand up if you're not connecting them to your goals, right? Because you, you don't want to look at it as like, TikTok wants me to do this. You want to go back and say, what are my goals and how does TikTok help with this? And then let me look at their best practices to use it. Andrea, I'm going to kick it. Wait, let me see. Is there more? No, I think we're good. All right, Andrea, I know you are a TikToker. <laughs> TikTok, you don't stop. I dabble in some TikTok. Let's put it that way. I dabble in it from time to time. But I appreciate to see. I think I'm up to close to 600 followers or some or something like that. Um, haven't posted in a while, but I'm always what I'm always mesmerized by though is that okay, yeah, I'm up. Oh, oh, I've crossed the 600 mark. Look at that! Yay, <laughs> 602. But what I'm fascinated about with TikTok though. Um, I get views even though I haven't posted in a really long time. People are clearly my videos are circling somewhere. And people, you know, I still get that engagement going. That's why I say I was shocked to see I passed the followers. I'm still getting followers. So yeah, tick, but what I will say is I, I'm with you where it where, where you know they say TikTok has a lot of editing techniques. They really do. Those those, you know, from the filters to how you know the the help that they give you in terms of creating your videos, there really is a lot of information. And I really think it is a fascinating tool. Um, it really helps you to reach those people because I, I am seeing some reach and I and I think it is still in the organic. I'm still getting that organic um, reach out of all the platforms, I think. I still get that organic reach with, with, um, with people. Um, and I, I really think it is a tool that if managed well, it could really take somebody like my business forward. I just have to, I'm still figuring out my brand voice. And especially since I moved over to your virtual CFO, I think that's probably why I haven't posted as much, but you know, I think it is a great space to be in. You just have to figure out, you know, what you want to say on your platform. Because I still think it still has the imagery of the dancing app, you know, that doing silly things kind of app. So I still have to be careful how I want to treat it, but yeah. I'm a consumer of information on TikTok more than I think it's where my audience is, you know, for, for Lanyard Digital. I, I, I think it's that's not the, the place for, for, for me and what I'm looking for. I, what I will say is from um, a consumer that does spend way too much time on TikTok, what I find is that they, it's, it's quite interesting and what it's obvious that they're pushing. They're pushing that, you know, the TikTok stores or whatever it's called 
for you to, to purchase things. And that's the content that keeps delivering to me. And you have the, the, the content creators that are saying that as well, that that's what they're pushing for the filters. It's obvious that they're giving a lot of useful tools for those content creators there to help them to move their businesses forward. And I find that really interesting how they're trying to compete with the other places to make sure that people stay on platform and in their place, even versus an Amazon. They're really big on telling you that they're trying to compete against that. And that was really evident in, in what they were pushing on the TikTok shops. Mm-hmm. I think I heard the buzz in the background there, but yes, TikTok, interesting place. I think still a lot of, of opportunities for small businesses. Um, TikTok, I'm like Michelle, consumer of information. I, I do admire their algorithm as far as once I've found a subject I'm interested in, in delivering more of that subject to me. Um, and you should note, at least from, from that user perspective, again, when I look at something, I, I get a lot more of that, that user's content. So if I look at Andrea's video, I am going to get more of Andrea's videos, even if she hasn't posted for a while, as she said. So there's that ongoing visibility that it can probably drive. And it's a great traffic driver to your website and to where you want your people to be. Well, so you have to think creatively. You have to be a little creative with, with, with TikTok to see it in, you know, but if you look for business examples and going back to what Tamara mentioned, you, you can go to business.tiktok.com, that the business center, that's and all the platforms have a version of this. We talked about house or Instagram at the start, where it's everything business relative. Right. 100%. TikTok, you don't stop. I don't know. I keep mixing that up with like a, isn't that a song? <laughs> yep. Yes, it is. And the rest right. of the lyrics are ringing in my mm-hmm. ear. So you sit there and think about the rest of the lyrics. Right. Like, this is like, I don't even know where it came from today. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> am, I, am I aging myself? And why am I singing this weird song? Because <laughs> you know I'm only 25. Anyway, I'm smart. <laughs> Don't laugh at me, Michael. Put yourself back on mute. Anyway, <laughs> mute yourself, sir. <laughs> All right, moving on. Well, you know, we got to talk about the HubSpot because this is our, you know, this is where we live in the HubSpot space. Uh, we love HubSpot. It is a great CRM tool. We are HubSpot partners. So we wanted to talk about this platform. Andrew uses it. We're using it. Michelle's going to use it. <laughs> it's, you know, we, we, we live and breathe. HubSpot. So HubSpot is great. It's a great place for education. You get a lot of good information. And so some of the things HubSpot is saying is that influencer marketing will evolve into a common marketing tactic. They're no longer going to call it influencer marketing. They're just going to call it marketing. Right. Just like digital marketing. That's what basically that says to me. Uh, Video marketers will keep content short. Right. So we want to keep it nice and tight. We want to keep those videos to the place where those attracting videos. Right. So I want to be clear. People will still watch long form content, but you have to draw them in and you have to move them down your funnel with long form content. People watch our content all the time. It is long form content. Uh, So we do have short bits of content that we use, but we really focus on long form content. From that long form content, you can cut into short pieces, right? So keep the content short when it matters and think about your strategy and your customer journey with that. 
social media is going to become a customer service tool. It is a customer service tool, right? Uh, whenever I'm thinking about bringing a business down, I'm like, I'm going to post on their social media and bring them down if they do not help me. <laughs> right? So it's a customer service tool. It's where you get to get that quick reaction from the person who's paying attention to it. Uh, so if people are going to continue to use it that way. We're already doing it. That's not new. Uh, more businesses will leverage SEO uh, to drive more search traffic. Like if you're not not optimized for search, you're missing out on a whole bunch of traffic. If you're not, if you're using YouTube and you're not optimized, if you don't know your keywords, I can't say it enough. SEO has been here since the beginning, <laughs> since the beginning, and it's evolved, and it's always going to be really important because what we've learned is we learned the search behavior a long time ago, and we use it across every platform. So. If you're not optimized for SEO, you don't know your SEO results, it's going to be super important that you start focusing in on that with any agency that you're working with, right? Uh, best practices for HubSpot. If you choose to move into a CRM like HubSpot, you want to make sure anything you're doing, if you're building a website, whatever you're doing, you want to make sure that you're looking at your goals and prioritizing what that looks like, right? So if it's HubSpot, you want to prioritize, what do I want this customer journey to be? What are my goals? Am I looking for lead generation? All that stuff. You want to make sure that your user journey is a smooth user journey. So whatever tool you're using, again, we recommend HubSpot. You want to make sure that that, that customer journey has been thought out. What's automated? What's the emails that they're getting if they sign up? What happens next? So thinking through all the moving parts or working with an agency to make sure that they're thinking through all the moving parts. Sometimes we miss those pieces, right? What should be automated? What shouldn't be automated? What, what happens when they sign up? Those pieces are the important pieces because the customer needs to feel that seamless flow. Migrating content into HubSpot. Make sure that you're paying attention to the right content that you're bringing over and adding tracking into that content because you want to see, is the content I have, is it working for me? Is it relevant? Are people interested in it? So that is HubSpot. I think that's it. All right, let's go. <laughs> we have like two minutes, guys. So whatever you're saying, say your final thoughts as well. <laughs> HubSpot, important that you understand a customer journey. That's, I think, the main thing in HubSpot. Um, HubSpot also get, puts you in a position to think about all of your marketing efforts, sales efforts, service efforts, operational efforts in one place. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I believe I use HubSpot and it really is a fascinating tool and I'm using it to optimize. So 2024 for me is a year of optimizing of the hub, of the HubSpot. And I'm going through all my, you know, my customer journey is really important. And I'm starting from when they click, you know, and they book the consultation call, what is happening next step, next step, next step. I use it for my email marketing. It's a really fascinating tool. So I think um, all the best practices that you said there are, are spot on. And it's really important because we see it all the time on this show, right? You know, when you optimize something, it works it works the way it's meant to work and you get, you know, you get what you need to get. So final thoughts, um, everything that we spoke about today, everything we spoke about today, guys, just pick something um, and run with it. You know, it's a lot of the information that we share today on all the different platforms. But for me personally, I'm going to pick one and I'm probably going to focus on this is how I'm going to build it out. I can't focus on all. Nobody can. So um, yeah, make 2024 a very productive year with all the best practices that we shared today. 
For me, and I'll wrap my hub spot into my, my final statement in that in all of this, all of these tools, all of the best practices that we put forward in the long run, the one through line that we have through here, or a couple of them is be intentional with whatever you understand your business and what you want out of your business and those avenues to get the customer into your business, know, like, and trust, book your business, keep your business help you to market your business, help you to sell your business are all there for you, but you have to know what you want to do and who you want to be and what you want your end result to be. And those tools will help you to make that happen. 100%. Michael, did you have a final thought? <laughs> nope, gave it already. That's okay. All right, cool. All right. So yeah, you know, as Andrew said, we gave you guys a lot of information today, but all of this comes back to your goal. If Facebook, Facebook is not in your goal, Instagram, TikTok, then don't look at those platforms and channels. If it's LinkedIn, you want to focus in there. But what we want to really kind of get across is that every platform has a best practice, has a trend, has things that you should be paying attention to. You should be understanding, okay, how does this tie back to my overarching goal for my business? And what do we need to do different? If you're working with an agency, you still need to be aware of these changes so you can actually have a real conversation with them to say, hey, I've seen these things happen. How does this impact the strategy that we're using? Are we making changes here? Do we need to make pivots? Is it just trendy or is it trending? So this information is important. It's a lot of information, but everywhere, every platform has an area that you can go to get their best practices. That's where we went to get these best practices. We went to Meta to their best practices. We went to TikTok. We went to LinkedIn so you can go there, get the information and make sure you understand how to best utilize these tools. We are always excited that you're here with us. Let me tell you how you can connect with us. Connect with us on uh, LinkedIn. Connect with us on YouTube. We're live on LinkedIn and YouTube. Shout out to everyone that has been live with us today. Always excited that you guys are here. Uh, connect with us everywhere podcasts are found. The podcast is live everywhere podcasts are found. We are there. Nia, thank you for updating that and making sure that we are up to date on that. So we're everywhere. Apple, Amazon, all the places. Definitely check us out there. What we want you to do with this show is we want you to share it with a small business executive. Share it with a business executive. We want you to really think about how you can get digital to that place where it helps you increase your revenue. We know that you're spending a lot of money on your website, on search engine optimization, working with an agency, but are you seeing that ROI? And that's what we want to help you do. We want to help you to see the ROI. We want you to go back to your CFO to say, hey, 10% of my revenue came from digital. 20% of my revenue came from digital. We want you to go back to your sales team. We want your sales team to come to you and be like, hey, that marketing assisted lead that you gave me actually converted over into X, Y, and Z amount of dollars. We want to go to operations and say to them, hey, these are the things we need. Here's how it works. And how can we quickly get that information out? How can we develop a process to better serve our customers? And we want the marketing to work for you. We understand that it's daunting, but that's exactly why we do this show. We bring together sales, finance, operations, and marketing to have a really holistic conversation. We here are exactly a small business. So thank you so much for joining us. This was so much fun. I loved the buzzer. I loved it all. Team, always a pleasure to be here with you guys. Have an amazing day. We'll be back here on Wednesday. We have Favor in the building. Favor is one of our SEO gurus. We love bringing industry experts to the stage. And SEO is going to be sexy. So... <laughs> Come through, talk about this search engine optimization because all kinds of stuff is happening in that space. All right. Talk to you guys on Wednesday. Have an amazing, amazing day. Take care. Bye. <laughs>